0: Warning! The following podcast is conducted by trained professionals. Any attempts to replicate opinions given in this production may result in serious physical and or mental disfigurement. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Greetings, Earthlings. This, once again is The Mothership. Last week, we teased it. This week, we're delivering Phenomena, 1985. Directed by uh, Dario Argento, I think his name is. Um, familiar face, familiar name, because we did Dawn of the Dead before, which was kind of... He, uh, he played a part in the making of that movie. He did the Italian version of it, uh, Zombie. With me is a special guest, Matthew. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, you know, it's always great to be on the show. The few times that you know I guest star on here, but it's it's always memorable, and it's it's just great to be here. I'm just grateful for the opportunity, really.
1: Well, you do a good job. You'll be
0: back next week. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, good to hear. Yeah.
1: Um, this movie also has a few other names that we've seen: uh, Donald Pleasance. We've uh, reviewed two of his movies now. We, he was in Halloween as Loomis, and then um, THX as Sen. He makes a reappearance in this movie. Um, he plays um what entomologist? Is that what it is?
0: His name is Dr. McGregor.
1: McGregor. Um, but McGregor. Okay, here's a run of the movie. There's a ch- there's this chica. This young woman, her name is, uh, let me pull the list here Jennifer Corvino. She's the daughter of this famous fictional actor. Um, and she's going to a boarding school. And, um, she's rooming with this lady and she starts sleepwalking, which apparently is like the funniest thing to her boarding school maids. It can't, can- they cannot stop bullying her about it. And, um, she can also. Communicate with insects—that's a big one—and there's this murder on the loose, wreaking havoc, and then she's trying to figure out who it is, who done it. It's um the genre movie is called a uh, Giallo, I think G I A L L O, and maybe I kind of ruined my experience for this movie because I watched Suspiria not that long ago, which is done by Argento as well. And Goblin, I should say Goblin, does a soundtrack for this movie as well as Dawn of the Dead and Suspiria, I'm pretty sure. But um, this movie uh, basically just follows many of the same beats and paths as Suspiria, and I don't think it does it as well as Suspiria (laughs) did. Um, I can go over... I don't want to spoil it for you because you haven't seen Suspiria, but there are a few things here where it's like, this is kind of... Not exactly the same, but same sort of things happen. Like, both go to a boarding school, both uh, are in a, have a roommate who's like their their friend who helps them out. Um, the whole... I mean, the genre's obviously the same, but the way they kind of play the genre tropes are pretty similar. And I don't know. But the ending of Suspiria is way better than the ending of this movie, I'll say. Matt... Uh, what did you
0: think of this movie? Oh, I hope the is better than this. Because I thought, you know what, this movie didn't do a lot for me. I thought it was kind of dull, to be quite honest. Okay. And there's stuff that I like in it. But overall, I finished the movie. Uh, and for a horror film or a thriller film or a giallo or whatever you want to call it, uh, I sure didn't feel any thrilling at all. Uh, this is the big problem with the movie for me, okay? There isn't a lot going on. No. Okay. Not a lot happens. No. Especially in the first half of this movie. Basically nothing happens. Nothing happens. And, you know, a movie doesn't have to have, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am action all the time. You can have a little bit of some, some character development, of course. You get some nice shots in there. But this movie doesn't really have those in particular either. The big thing here is that, let's look at the characters from the movie. Mm-hmm. So you have Jennifer Corvino, played by Jennifer Colinelli. Ali. Uh, and she's just this young girl, and she goes to the school, as you mentioned. Um, what's her deal? She can control insects.
1: We'll talk, is. yeah, yeah.
0: Like, she has some kind of telepathic link with them. Yeah. They seem to like her. Um, later in the film, she exerts some control over them. Um, you know, this is a good place to talk about the acting in this movie. Uh, you know, look, Jennifer Connelly in this role was 15. Does she do an okay job? Mm, Barely. She's so dull in this movie. Her character is so, is so white bread. It's, she didn't really have any personality. She didn't really have any motivations beyond, you know, just escaping whatever precarious situation she finds herself in. It's just so unengaging, especially because the whole movie is just really about her, and a kind, and of course she has relationships with a couple of other characters. And I'll say that Donald Pleasance's character, in this is, is interesting, and he does a good performance as always, or at least from the two movies that we've seen from him so far. Matt, what? Turn
1: that damn phone off.
0: What phone? Oh, sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Um. But, yeah, um, this movie is very dull for me. Yeah. Uh, and towards the end, and I'll say that at the end, you get a little bit of payoff there, and you get some of the more traditional horror aspects that I was kind of thought would be strewn more evenly throughout the film. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't it didn't resonate with me, and I can get into a little more why. Well, it's, um like
1: I said, it's a Giallo film, which... <laughs> I, I looked it up after this move, after watching this movie because it was kind of similar to Suspiria, and I'm like, is, this, is there a, a term for this? Because it's a horror or thriller or whatever, but there's kind of like a mystery aspect of it. Like, when you watch Halloween, we see Michael Myers, we know Michael Myers, and the fact that we know him, and we know that he's a murderer and he's on the loose, we're like, okay, I'm I'm anxious because of that. You know the, the the real then is like, oh, who's he gonna get? When's it gonna happen and but this we know that there's a murderer, but the the characters don't really know like Lori in Halloween knows Michael Myers is there eventually and then it just becomes kind of like kind of most game. but in this it's like we have to find out who it is. We have to look for him. we have to catch him. like Lori isn't trying to arrest Michael Myers. In Halloween. Right? Mm. Um So, yeah. There's that mystery aspect. I don't think the mystery was that engaging. Mm. I think all the horror stuff was fine. I mean, there's this one... At the end of the movie, it gets full-blown horror. And there's mm. some really gross <laughs> shit that they do. Um, but throughout the movie, yeah, the first half is like really dull... Build up and then like huge quick payoff at the end. It doesn't really work for me um, and one thing that was Kind of It's traditional or well not traditional like Something that they used to have to do in Italian movies. I guess due to budget. They would get a bunch of different nationalities coming to coming together to make these movies for the actors and they would have a whole bunch of different accents or speak a whole bunch of different languages and then for different audiences obviously they had to dub over all of that right and yeah. some of the dubbing is very dull they like their delivery is very flat w- yes. where characters are like hello my name is luke and i i'm new here are you new here like they're just reading off a script and maybe you could cope and say that that's, like, oh, the way that they're delivering makes you uneasy or something. I I don't think that's what it is. I It's hard for me because, like, like, that's just something they had to do. So can I criticize it? I guess because sometimes it does kind of take away from the movie where they're just talking in such a manner that is just so surreal, and again, maybe that's a point, but I, I really don't think so. I think they just, some people just did a crap job. Um, I agree. Like, what was the character's name? Uh Jennifer's roommate Frau, I think her name was. She is just, her dubbing is so bland. So bland. Where it's, it's like, if a me could talk, um,
0: <laughs> that's how they would speak, I think shout out to the me genocide
1: we need to do an episode on that
0: but you're right like and you know what i haven't even been that critical of dubbing in the past but like in this movie it feels even worse and you're right it's just that style of talking that they have where i don't know you can just you can just so clearly visualize in your head someone just talking into a microphone in a studio yeah And they're not putting, for some reason, I don't know, I guess it's just me, you know, maybe Debra's have to go through like 10 scripts a day or something, but they don't put any care into it. They're just saying their lines with, you know, bare minimum inflection. uh, And then they just put it over the thing. And it's just so immersion breaking. Like, I don't even care when her friend dies later on in the film, because her character was to me was just a movie character because all I heard was her like lame ass lines (laughs) And I don't know if it's like a translation thing, but some of the lines and some of the dialogue in this is really stilted and really awkward.
1: It's like, um oh, what's the term for it? I don't know if this is a PC term, but like when people say like English, when yeah, it, yes. it, it's like that, where it, I don't know if it's like a Google Translate issue, but they just say things that like American or North American
0: people would not say. Mm-hmm.
1: They just say it in a really weird way.
0: And, you know, it is what it is. that's a consequence of, you know, foreign films and, you know, when we're an English language audience or whatever, watching these films and they have to do translations. But, but still, I mean, come on. Like, there's also, I know another weird thing in that is that there's, I don't know about you or me, I don't know if this was a cut, mine didn't have any subtitles. Oh. And sometimes there's like these sequences where they talk in Italian mm-hmm. for like, not an extended period of time, but like for a good minute. And I'm thinking, I mean, I kind of get the gist of what they're saying. I kind of hear, like, a couple of words here and there, so I know what's going on. So I wasn't really lost, but I was kind of like, uh, am I supposed to be missing this dialogue? Is this, like, a thing for Italian filmgoers who are bilingual and they're throwing them a bone here? I didn't know what was going on.
1: No, that's, that's intentional that you're not supposed to know. I think that is kind of like, and that's supposed to play into the mystery. They do that in Suspiria, and in the remake of Suspiria, they do it. A lot, um, l- like you'll have a long period of time where they're speaking German, Italian, French. Luckily, I can understand the French portions, but they—it's intentional. It's supposed to be like it's supposed to take us out of them and be like, what's happening? You know, it's it's supposed to build that mystery. I I think like the stuff like that in this movie, it's so random when they do it um yeah in Suspiria when they do it it really works because they're supposed to be like they're foreign it's like a foreign uh, school for the main character and then yeah characters will speak in languages that she doesn't understand and then we can put ourselves in the mind of that character and be like I don't really get this but in and this like they'll be speaking English and then they'll randomly and obviously it's a different a- actor doing the dubbing of it they'll just speak another language I'm like what what like they'll be talking about toothpaste, and then they'll just randomly talk in
0: Italian. I, it did not work for me in this movie. No, it doesn't work. Uh, it just kind of lends to the kind of disjointed nature of the film with that and the weird dialogue and the dubbing all on top. Like be- all of that compounded. Like there's just like this disconnect that you have going on with these small elements. They're all like they're all they are small. And for the most part, I'll say that the film is, like, relatively smooth in that regard. But it's just those moments like that that kind of take you out of it for a moment. Um, And in a movie like this, where there isn't already a lot going on, (laughs) you kind of focus particularly on that stuff. And then, I don't know, the next scene comes along, and then you're waiting for something to happen. I don't know. Yeah. um... You know what? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll say this. And one thing I really like about the film is the effects work in this is very good. Yeah. I guess another thing that we should commend is like the animal work, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. Because in this case, you have two things. Well, you have number one, insects. And they do a good job with the insects. Uh, They're all very cooperative. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm assuming they're all method actors or something like that. I hope they're they're paid handsomely. (laughs) (laughs) I think this might have been a Romero situation where... There was no. They probably give him like a couple of crumbs of bread or something. Though, <laughs> Sugar right, water. Yeah, you know we live in a different time now. Okay, they would get paid handsomely <laughs> in Coca Cola now. But this is now. They do. There's the insects and the you know, the insects are are fine and they do some good stuff with it. There's a couple. There's a lot of insect close ups. If you, if you're averse to those, I didn't mind, of course. But, uh, I don't know. the The motif of the insect is cool because they use maggots throughout the film and that's one of the clues that they use because. What happens is that McGregor and um, Jennifer, they sort of decide to play detective because they find out that using the insects and her connection to the insects, they can probably deduce who the killer is, Mm -hmm. especially because the killer seems to leave maggots behind at the scene. McGregor figures that's because whoever is doing the killing is keeping the bodies around after they do the killing. Um, So all of the scenes in which they use maggots. They're all really evocative. Uh, They'll get a reaction out of you because you see them squirming. You see close-ups of them. And the effects work that you do with the gore in this is good. Yep. Um, You get a couple of instances early on, and then you get, as we mentioned, a sort of smorgasbord towards the end of the film. Um, And I'll say that, you know, I think if the gore, especially towards the end, would have been more effective if the movie was a little bit more thrilling. But it's all done in a way that is i guess you could say tasteful uh you know eber and cisco might agree but it's all done you know purposefully uh, and it's all really pretty uh chilling stuff honestly um they do a lot of gore well we'll talk about the ending later because it's kind of like all some it all happens sort of at one time and then the movie ends but all the effects work in that regard is good um i like this one shot that they do uh, visually it's a de- it's a whatever film but I like this one shot they do where it's like they take the view of a ladybug and they you know do that kind of kaleidoscopic yeah. vision where you see the image six times and it's her holding hands with Inga the chimpanzee that's the pet of Dr. McGregor and that shot was really cool for me it's just really surreal uh <laughs> to have like six over uh six side-by-side images of a young girl in a white robe in the forest in the middle of the night with a chimpanzee that was a that was like a standout shot for me but all the technical stuff in that regard is all pretty good. So I don't have any complaints with that. Uh like I guess in that I guess I could say technically, besides like the dubbing and voice acting stuff, it's a well made film.
1: The only effect that I was like, oh man, that's a little cheesy. Other than that, I think they're all great was um at the beginning of the movie there's just this throwaway red shirt character who um gets her hand stabbed by the killer and her mm, hand is yeah. so clearly uh just prosthetic it's all like the hand is all one color and then when it gets stabbed it kind of twitches like there's an animatronic hand inside and obviously if it's mm. a real hand like you would be going cr- crazy twitching it but like her fingers just kind of tick like like a freddy fazbear <laughs> animatronic it looks it looks a little dorky but there's some good stuff like there's a one shot of this hand that's being d- devoured by maggots, like, that looks cool. You, there's a bunch of skulls in the movie. Those all work really well. Um, I wish it kind of... The whole the whole shtick of her being able to communicate with insects, I wish it was done in kind of a, I don't know, a more interesting way. There's, mm-hmm. like, a lot of cool shots with the insects. Like, there's this one where she's just holding this bee and she's petting it. And I was like, Wow. Mm-hmm. Like the balls on the act, it was probably not the the actress playing. Uh, what's uh, Jennifer? Jennifer. It was I probably... was
0: looking at the hand trying to see too, but oh, really? It looked pretty good. It looked pretty good. Like I looked at it when I was a kid. That's pretty believable as Jennifer's hand.
1: Yeah, but like that's that was a ballsy shot, and there's some cool close-up shots of of the insects. There's one really close-up shot of a fly, and you can see almost all of its little compound eyes. That was cool. Um, but I wish, I don't know if I wanted it, like, maybe you could hear the insects talking to her in whispers or something, but it, it was kind of bland the way they presented it. It wasn't, it wasn't all that inspired. I, I, but that's such a fine line to ride because you can get too cheesy with it. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to go to, to go full cheese on that. Um, but I don't know. I wish, I wish they like, they leaned into it a bit more or well, like it's underutilized. Yeah. Like or like maybe she had, she would have like bugs following her, like bugs in her suit. Like, I don't know. I, I just wish I amped that up a bit more. It is just kind of a little, a little subtle. And like, that's a thing where this movie is so similar to Suspiria where they have this I don't know, I'm going to call it a gimmick it's not a gimmick but the bug thing and it's like well let's amp that up a bit it's 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 kind of comparable to um when you saw midsummer and you're like well oh I kind of I've kind of seen this
0: yeah I'm Mo- watching hereditary
1: yeah like I've kind of seen this like obviously they have its own little gimmick but I kind of wish that gimmick was a bit more fleshed out so then we could have kind of a different movie you know what i mean
0: mhm yeah You know, there's a couple elements like that in the film that you're right, that the conclusions or the execution of them are unsatisfying. You know, the insect thing, I was expecting more of a motif through the film. And they do, you know, they do use it as a motif. You see, like, insects all the time and they give clues and such like that. But, you know, she has this thing in the movie where she sleepwalks. And I almost was looking or waiting for that one dream sequence that she would have where it would just be some nightmarish... Uh, exposition of all the insect effects they can do and yeah. bugs are coming out of your eyes or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe because I was expecting it, you know, maybe it's good that they didn't do that. But even then, like the sleepwalking thing, it's it's just a means for her to find one of the murders later on. It doesn't really have any sort of satisfying conclusions. Yeah. Character trait, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then one other thing that bothers me is that I don't like the murder mystery in this film. And I think it ends... Extremely in its extremely unsatisfying way yeah In a kind of anticlimactic way as well yeah do you want to talk about it <laughs> uh yeah let's go for it okay so they the mystery pr- they present is that there's a killer on the loose um the only clue that you have early on is that it was something chained inside of this house that breaks free and then it kills this one tourist girl mm-hmm. um and then the film takes place eight months later and then the killings continue and they don't tell you that much about the killer you just see shots of like the murder weapon and the people getting stabbed and then they don't allude to the identity now initially i th- and i think that this is a pretty decent red herring and i was thinking while thinking that like i was trying to think like would the filmmakers try to subvert this are they just going to go for this i thought it was mcgregor at first because they kind of presented as there's no way mcgregor could do it because He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. But then you see that he has a little laser pointer that he can shine and his little monkey will do anything for him. So you assume right away, okay, maybe he's the bad guy and he's getting the monkey to kill people because whatever reason. You find out that's not true because the killer kills him and that was just a red herring. Yep. So let's find out what the conclusion is to this this big thing. First of all, the reveal happens and it's not like a big reveal. You kind of just figure it out and there isn't like a moment that the filmmaker chooses for you where you realize okay this is this is the you know this is the killer and this is a monumental discovery kind of thing. Basically there's this hen mistress at this academy and she doesn't like Jennifer because she thinks she's crazy. And then she has like a teacher slash assistant uh name what's her name? Frau Buckner, I think is her name. Oh was that
1: Frau? What was the name of her friend?
0: Sophie? Like the headmistress?
1: No, like her roommate.
0: It was Sophie, yeah.
1: Sophie, okay. I think I called her Frau earlier. Yes, you're right. Okay.
0: So what happens is that Frau, because Jennifer's like, I got to get out of here. I got to go back to America. People are, after McGregor's die, she's like, I don't have anyone to go to. I need to get out of here. Yeah. And then Frau comes up there and she's like, well, you can stay with me. Yeah, your dad called me and said you could stay with me for a bit. And she's like, okay. (laughs) then she goes to her house and she's like, "Mm, take this pill. She's like you have a fever.
1: You have a fever. Take these pills. You can take two if you want.
0: And she's like no, I don't have a fever. And she's like take the pills. <laughs> okay. So right so right away right there you know that she is the killer, right? Yes. Because or at least the accomplice. Okay. You don't even know this character that well. She's just the head Mitch's assistant. But then you're thinking, okay. You know, let's see the motivation behind this. There's going to be some cool reveal. There's going to be some backstory. So, she takes the pill and then she throws it up. Um because it's she finds out it's poison, and then Frau like leaves to go do something, and I don't like this whole exchange because it's like antagonistic, but also Frau like leaves her with too much trust. Like she could have like escaped basically. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm complaining that she's not doing enough typical villain stuff, but she falls into this hole in the bathroom to because she's trying to get the phone, and then geiger pulls her through and geiger is this inspector that uh, she, mcgregor was consulting this uh consulting about the case and geiger's all chained up and then and then this is a cool scene yes um you she falls into this pool it's and so it's gross with, it's so gross it's full of like fucking mud and, and body parts and they're all rotting and maggots and i almost bombing puce. in again it was it's a really gross scene and that's, you know, that's very effective. That's very effective, gross out stuff. And not in an exploitative way. I'll say that that was done well. Especially after you wait. This is, like, you know, some 15 minutes before the end of the film. Yeah. So then Geiger's all chained up. And, you okay, so then you, now you know Frau Buckner is uh, the evil lady. And, like, okay, 10 minutes before that, they establish, when they get into the house, that she has a son that is has some kind of problem. She says that he's sick and he doesn't look well. So she covered up all the mirrors in the house because she doesn't want him to freak out at his own reflection. Anyway, so Frau appears, she's haha. She comes in literally laughing maniacally, okay? As if you <laughs> <laughs> as if we didn't know that she was evil. And then Geiger starts choking her. Jennifer escapes. She finds the sun. This is another great effect. You find out that the sun is this hideous, deformed creature. Uh, makes the eraser head baby. Uh look like sunshine and roses. I don't know. He's gross. He's got like this weird mouth. He's got these like eyes that almost look stitched shut. He's really weird. She runs away. This is what really gets me, okay? Later, okay, then she escapes and then the sun attacks her and then Frau attacks her and then she, the monkey kills her at the end. Okay, and then she wins. (laughs) The murder mystery, the payoff here is not great because... Frau is kill is like trying to kill Jennifer and she's like, haha, I killed Geiger and I killed McGregor. And she doesn't admit to anything else. Well I guess she killed the other people. And I had to look this up. But it says in the Wikipedia description for this movie that she was an insane asylum patient and that the did I miss something? There's one scene, and I, I I didn't understand
1: it, like the first viewing, and it's so it's such a weird scene, but after uh, Gregor dies, or McGregor, hmm. what's his name, Gregor? Um, McGregor, yeah. McGregor, he... um. There's that shot of the ambulances and whatnot, and they're playing heavy metal music, and then there's like... It cuts to an insane asylum, and there's two guys talking, and he's like, I think someone broke into this place. And then they're like, "Oh, the lower you get, the the crazier they get until you get to the final level. And then he's like, yeah, like the last circle of hell or something. And I was like, what is the point of the scene? Am, am I missing something? So I guess it has something to do with the mom.
0: Okay, it's so poorly explained. Because yeah. even uh, now, I do remember that scene. But then in the Wikipedia, it says, this is what is supposed to have occurred, is that an inmate broke in when she was a patient, raped her, and that her deformed son is the result of that. That doesn't make sense on a few levels, first of all. And they don't even explain that well. And then they don't even really have her fess up to the other murders, and I, I mean, they have to be her. So her thing is just that she's secretly crazy and was killing people while working at this school.
1: How did she get the like, job?
0: Her motivation is so flimsy. Like, okay, it's just like as, you know, in a mystery film, in a giallo, this is it. It's just, it's not well-written mystery is my problem. Like, you don't care at the end. It's just such an anti-climax. And that's what, like, a lot of what you're writing on. You know, I was kind of patient with this film to start because I figured that the reveal would be worth it. You know, we'd have that horror movie climax where things really heat up. We get a satisfying conclusion to this you know what i assume would be a well woven mystery but you don't really get any of that really it kind of just ends the monkey saves the day in a kind of a funny scene he uses like a one of those sh- oh, shaving razors yeah straight edge razor blade ones and then he just cuts her up he affected kind of good uh on that one uh it's it that scene is borderline comedic but it works for me and then the movie ends yeah and she hugs the monkey Um, yeah, I don't know. It just all, it, it felt flat for me, really.
1: I don't know if this is me just overthinking it, but I kind of thought this movie was trying to be American, Mm -hmm. um, because one thing I just have to say right now, I love the soundtrack for this movie. I think Goblin, like, all the pieces by Goblin, I think are great, and then they have other songs not by Goblin that they sprinkle in, like, these weird...
0: Like heavy metal music pieces. That's so. That's so. That music is used so poorly. <laughs> like that. The the rock music. And I, I looked in the credits. I saw. I saw Motorhead. I saw Iron Maiden. There's like three specific scenes where they use these super upbeat hard rock songs, and they just don't fit. Okay. In <laughs> the scene in which she's trying to get the telephone, which yep. you know you kind of expect like some kind of tense music. You know, if goblins on the score, you expect some like some some bumping synths, you know. You just get this hard rock music, and it just feels plastered on. Like, it's it's amateurish. I, I hated the use of that rock music in this. It was terrible. The Goblin score, uh, it was okay. I didn't think it, I, like, I like Dawn of the Dead a lot better than it. I didn't think there was any stand-up pieces, but, like, the, the synth stuff in between was fine. It, that was okay, but it's just the use of, like, the licensed music in this was not good. Also, those songs are shit. Okay, and if you if if you like Iron Maiden, I'm sorry, but it's they're sure are aren't good. I
1: I liked it. I like I really liked all of the the goblin stuff. Like the first song in the movie that they play, I think is great. And then they play like these. They play these other synth songs throughout the movie, and I I liked it. If I see a a copy of the soundtrack for cheap, I'll pick it up. But um, so they yeah they use like. I think Motorhead and Iron Maiden are American bands, but um, either way, rock is kind of an American genre. I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, they use these songs, and there's a couple of things where I'm like, are they trying to... like? Is this movie inspired by other movies? Because Donald Pleasence is in it, and again, he's a professor. He's kind of the aide in the character to like help her with the the murderer just like he is as Loomis in Halloween. I don't know if I'm looking into this too much. And then the ending of the movie, with the reveal, just reminded me of Friday the Thirteenth, where it's like, oh, it's actually the mom, all yeah. along. Spoiler for Friday the Thirteenth. Sorry if I spoiled that movie for you. And end then this, kiss. and then the deformed son comes out of the like at the end of the of Friday the Thirteenth. Jason um comes out of the water while she's trying to boat away and then he he stops her. I'm like, is this is this inspired by this movie? I I can't tell. But I the whole movie I got this vibe that it was trying to be an American movie. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I kinda get that, especially with the rock and roll. And then there's one scene where at like a at a lecture, there's like this girl with a BG shirt. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> that was funny too she's just wearing this bg shirt and no, no, i think it's maurice or something just his face on there big grin yeah and the teacher asked a question about a poem and <laughs> i can't remember what she she says something like i, I wish this was written by the bgs instead <laughs> <laughs> and everyone laughed that was a weird that was a funny weird scene uh, uh yeah i guess i guess you're right yeah that it's trying to especially with the music yeah. i mean you don't put iron maiden if you don't want that and they have an american character coming i don't know if suspiria if all the characters are uh, italian or or what but yeah i can see that um it's it's yeah i don't know you know what i almost wish that they leaned a little bit more into like and one of the things i like is that there's some really nice shots of the countryside in this, yeah, and I mean that's just a maybe because well, this is set in Switzerland. I mean, maybe it's just because Swiss is or Switzerland's a really nice country, but I almost wanted like more picturesque kind of shots of that, but it is what it is. Uh, there's some really nice stuff. There's one scene where she like, releases this bug. She's she takes a bus and then she's just walking down this trail to go to the house where that lady got murdered, and it was really a nice scene. Uh, but yeah,
1: I like the lady who like yells at her and. I think it's I think it was just Italian. She's like, "Can you close the window?" And she's like, "No." And then she gets <laughs> off the bus and then we see the lady go back to her seat and close the window. It was just such a funny
0: little detail they added. That's funny because we we've all been there on the bus. You know what? I say if you I say if you're on the bus, your window is your right, okay? That's what yeah. I say. Yeah. So that that lady was in the wrong. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad she just says no. And She just keeps the window open. That was great. Um,
1: I don't know if I misinterpreted the scene, but was there's a scene where she's sleepwalking and these two guys pick her up, and I wasn't sure if they were attempting to help her and she was freaking out, or if they were raping her.
0: I, I couldn't tell either uh, because they were speaking, I think, in uh, a different language. Yeah. Um. Initially, they pick her up because they, like, they, they hit her because she just walked into the road. They're like, oh, are you okay? So yeah. They help her into the car. And you're right. I, I actually can't tell either. I can't tell if they're trying to undress her or if they're just trying to get her to calm down because she's squirming. I'm going to assume the latter because it seems weird that, I mean... You know, in a movie like this, maybe not that weird, but it seems weird that they would pick her up and then ditch the her like that. But then she jumps out of the car and she falls in a ditch and then they look at the ditch, like, and they can't see and they're like, all right, let's get out of here. So that, that doesn't <laughs> help their cause necessarily, but uh, it, I, could, I could tell.
1: And then there's a scene where Sophie goes out of her dorm at night and then I'm pretty sure it's that same guy and then she just starts, like, kissing him. And then he's like, sorry, I got to go. And then she's like, you shit, or something. And he's like, what do you she say? Said, she you. said, I said, she's fuck like- you.
0: <laughs> like, you know, that was that was an instance in which, like, the kind of mistranslation where that, you know, as Americans, that feels like a bit of an overreaction. That worked for <laughs> me because that was pretty funny, honestly. <laughs> and like, I, said, I, I know, didn't understand I, that scene. <laughs> I like Sophie's character. I like when they introduce her, she's smoking in the dorm and then the headmistress yeah. comes in and she just puts the cigarette in the drawer and the <laughs> drawer is smoking. And the mistress is like, if I catch you smoking again, you're going to be in big trouble. And then later that night, she just lights up another cigarette. That's funny. <laughs> uh, her character was okay, except for it was ruined by the terrible dubbing, which is unfortunate. And you know what? Like in terms of child performance, like Connolly's not terrible. Her worst sin really is just, you know, being kind of bland, a little lifeless as a character yeah um and then the other girls are it's it's really just sophie and then the other girls are background characters but there's one scene where they taunt her in the classic uh four eyes four eyes kind of <laughs> idea when they're all That's... going haha you walk in your sleeve you walk in your sleeve bug lady bugger bug lady bug lady bug lady uh that seems kind of funny too that see those kind of scenes are always funny though i was Um, laughing my ass off at all those scenes because i was just like yeah you
1: stupid idiot you sleepwalking (laughs) loser let's kill her (laughs)
0: she talks she talks to bugs ha 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 they're all pushing (laughs) her around and then she just passes out yeah it's classic you know how kids are they're cruel lucas (laughs) they'll 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 gut you for anything it is you know what okay Mm. this is another small thing i have to mention quickly and this is in regards to the mystery okay So who who was chained up that first time? Was it the kid then? The son, yes. At the beginning of the movie.
1: Yeah, he got loose. And then she was like, oh, they're going to be coming for my son. And that's why she killed the professor and the agent. Because they were coming after him.
0: So she was protecting him. Why does her son have Superman strength? Because he's a a rape crazy baby. (laughs) I don't know if crazy... I don't know if Ray babies just inherently have super strength. He, when you li- in this movie, he's like a he's like an eight year old kid. Yep. like realistically, anybody could just kick his face and he would be on the ground. So I it's not realistic,
1: Matt. You know, she can talk to bugs. Turn
0: your brain off. <laughs> and just you know the setup, the payoff, the reveal. It's Lucas. It doesn't work for me. It's just disappointing, you know. I, you know, I really wanted the monkey to be the one behind it, honestly. I think oh my god, that would have been great. That would have been great. And then that would have really been, you know, a, even better than Planet of the Apes. It would have shown the true horror of, of chimps and chimp kind, And, you know, we really <laughs> ought to be doing something about it. And, you know, I'm going to give our, our world leaders a few years. But <laughs> at a point, enough's enough. And we got to do something about the. We got to talk about the monkey situation.
1: If I ever see a house and they have full metal shields for their doors and their windows, I, 100% the person kills people. <laughs> this lady just puts her house in the purge mode and just shutters everything closed. And then, like, uh, she she can't... Jennifer can't leave, uh, like, the 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 door. Like, she's locked in. I'm like, what? You can't get out in this mode? But whatever they needed to keep her trapped in the house so it's fine
0: yeah if i ever go to a house and a lady says take this pill i'm, um, I'm gone. I'll, be inc- I'll be inclined not to yeah but you know this movie it had it had potential i mean you know i'm assuming that the spirit is a lot better than this
1: I'm way be better watch
0: that and it, nice and it looks,
1: it. like, amazing. Like, it's so inspired how they shoot stuff. It's so multicolored. And, like, I just, we say this word all the time, but truly the movie is psychedelic. It's so surreal. And then I was like, okay. <laughs> I went into this movie knowing nothing because we just randomly generated it. Caitlin's like, what's this about? I'm like, I don't know. I think there's bugs in it. She's like, what's the genre? I was like, I don't know. When we started, I'm like, oh, it's Dario Argento. This is going to be cool. And it wasn't that cool.
0: Yeah, it wasn't that cool. Uh, maybe if it was a little faster and a little more scary and a little better acted and better and just a little more cool, you know? I think I would have liked the movie a lot more. Yeah. This isn't a what lot, uh, what nice. are you feeling not on this one? Bags here. For bags? Yeah. Two out of five. I mean, I... I went away liking the movie.
1: I'll probably watch it again, I, but it is—it was kind of a letdown. Uh, I think I'll do six for now, but we may revisit this one day, and uh, I might change my tune. I'm definitely, I'm definitely open to changing my tune on this movie, but it—it it just seemed like, oh, Suspiria was good. Let's, uh, let's make this with a twist, and it—it it, that wasn't enough to make it a great movie for me.
0: Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm excited. We'll we'll review Suspiria. It's cult, right?
1: Yeah,
0: I imagine. Yeah, we'll like do let's it. I'm do I a get quick Wikipedia. A Suspiria. It's cult if we want it to be cult.
1: Yeah. Uh, can I do a control F cult? And uh, let's see here. Oh no. Uh oh oh oh. oh. In the years since his release, Spirit* has been cited by critics as a cult film.
0: There it there, is. The there it is. Endorsement. Nice. Any foreign film is a cult film. Pretty much. Pretty so much. Even even British films, they're cult films.
1: It says that the music is done by Dario Argento and Goblin. I don't know if he's actually composing it, or he's just like bringing ideas to the table.
0: Oh, like, oh, uh, like, it, okay. yeah, well, you know, Carpenter, he's, he's really, in, well, Carpenter does his own scores, I guess, though. Like, um, he composes
1: yeah. them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering if Dario Gento's actually, like, doing the musical side of it, or he's like, I kind of want this sort of
0: music in the scene, maybe, and they're like, okay. Maybe he got all the licensed music done. Yeah. I wonder if that was Goblin's choice, I don't know how that kind of thing works uh a couple pieces of trivia if you Mm -hmm. guys are interested uh jennifer connelly got her finger been knocked by the monkey in the the (laughs) chimp and they had to run to the hospital and reattach it so she's okay now don't worry guys but yeah just a reminder if you thought that chimps were you know all fun and games after watching this movie and you know you can just have a little chimp buddy in your house no they are the enemy and don't (laughs) you forget it for a second uh what else is there uh dario Argento said this film is his favorite among all his movies so uh just it goes to show that even even great filmmakers can have shit taste what um, the fuck i don't know i don't maybe had a lot of fun making it I, I don't know um the insects that cover the exterior of the house in one shot and then they blot out the moon later the effect was coffee grounds in a tank of water and honestly it looks pretty good i just saw so it come across my screen now and it looks pretty decent for coffee mm-hmm. grounds anyway and um, yeah, looks like about it. it says Iron Maiden's track Flash of the Blade is used in this movie yeah we know so that's about <laughs> it
1: they do something like that in um, I think it was Attack of the Clones uh, a lot of like the waterfalls where they just poured salt and then superimposed that over to, to look like water. I, I like cool stuff like that.
0: I do. I always like hearing when effects work is done, you know, to unconventional means. Like when when I saw on YouTube how they did the Star Wars blaster effect, that kind of stuff especially is strange. Or like how like the TIE, it's Star Wars especially, they do that. Like the sound effects are so unique and they yep. get them to just crazy means. The TIE fighter is like an elephant or something and they're using some tape effect on it. It, it, that that kind of stuff is is crazy to me. I can't imagine how you would even, you know, think of, you know, that kind the, of thing. Like
1: the dude who does the effects, I forget his name, but he did, he he's just nuts. Like he'll just go out and tap anything, rub anything, like <laughs> he he just does weird sh- shit. Oh, I have a, a good video, uh, like where they're interviewing him, and like he found the voice of E.T. Um, I think he was waiting to get pictures developed or something, and this woman was speaking, talking behind him, and he's like, "Do you always talk like that?" And she's like, "Yeah, that's just my voice." And he's like, hmm "You want to be in a movie?" (laughs) He just like he just has a weird thing for sound. Like he just
0: he'll just follow things around and record them, and yeah. He's a savant. I mean, that's that stuff is crazy. Look up for people at home, look up how they use do the Star Wars blaster effect. Uh, it's pretty simple, but you know, you're thinking, and I could see this guy going out with a wrench and hitting a wire to get the effect. So, honestly, yeah. I, I believe it now. Yeah, <laughs> That's so he just weird. is just weird. shit. like, you Why know, I'll... go ahead. The only effect I know is just when they take the big sheet of aluminum to make a thunderclap on those little <laughs> radio serials. That's all I know how to do. There's one sound effect in this movie which was so bad. It's when she's
1: crawling to get the phone. Mm-hmm. And and then they are trying to do this because I guess she's crawling through, like, rubble. But mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she'll be barely moving and then they have, like, the sound of all this rubble moving around. It sounds so bad. I was like, that, is, that shit, that's like... Uh, God, what's a movie? Birdemic level sound design,
0: like come on, guys. You know what? Hey, Birdemic, don't don't talk smack about Birdemic like that, okay? Because they their budget, I think, was zero. (laughs) And you know what? If I had to go on Google or whatever public domain sound effect library they had me use in high school to make a movie, if I had to use that too, then I probably wouldn't have you know great sound design either. (laughs) <laughs> we, and, and, we haven't reviewed Birdemic, actually. That's on the docket for sure.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one that we're going to have to have to do. I mean, we, we've both seen the movie. We both love it. It's a ten-bagger. It's ten-bagger
0: right away. I'll just say it right now. Ten bags.
1: This movie came out a year after Nightmare, so it's probably not inspired by that. But there also is a scene in Suspiria where she goes to like, the classic scene in movies in horror movies with esp where like they just hook something up to her brain she's like we're gonna scan her brain waves. in real life that (laughs) doesn't really mean much um sorry um it just it it doesn't tell you anything concrete it will just tell you random impulses but they have that exact scene in nightmare on elm street where she goes to the same sort of secret clinic and she goes to sleep and then they measure her brain patterns. They do that here too. And I'm,
0: I don't know, there's just so many things where I'm like, this is trying to be an American movie or some shit. Just the thing for me is that there's just so many elements in this film that don't end satisfactory in a satisfactory way. So it, it really feels like a hodgepodge of things that, you know, with a script revision or something could have been smoothed out. I just, it doesn't feel like a cohesive narrative in the way that you have all these dangling threads, and then some of them pay off, and some of them don't, and uh, you know none of them really get you where you want to go. That's the thing for me.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, so next week uh, we are going to do *The Hunger* (1983), directed by Tony. Another Scott. randomly
0: generate, another randomly generated movie for us because this one was so successful.
1: Yep, we got David Bowie in it playing John, no last name. That's. Um, that's not a good sign. And <laughs> Catherine at Deneuve, I don't know, as Miriam, no last name. So that's great. And we'll...
0: Full um, dis- go ahead. Full, disclo- full disclosure, I've never seen Bowie in any movie. I haven't seen Labyrinth either, which has Jennifer Connelly in it. uh, And mm. David Bowie and Jim Henson puppets. And I heard that one is decent, but... We'll see if uh, this is one rock star that can successfully transition into acting. Have we had? Have we reviewed any movies where they had any any musicians in them that I can think of? Uh,
1: I can't think of any. I don't think we've had any movies yet where it's been like pop culture guy in it, like a Dwayne the Rock Johnson
0: or like an Ice Tea. Well, you know, I guess rarely the these movies have the budget to get one of those. So, yeah, you'd see those in the blockbusters at the time. Like a Shaq. I want to see Shaq in one of these movies. Can yes. We, can we review Kazam? Yes. We can.
1: We can right. review Kazam. I don't want to. I don't want to see Shaq. <laughs> Are you thinking
0: of Shazam? No, or or maybe I got the name right. No,
1: it's um, not Kazam. I don't think it's... Oh, I spelled it wrong. It's Kazam with three A's. And he turns a guy into a, ba- a CGI basketball and dribbles him around.
0: Nice.
1: And the like, kid actor like is Street? now. Yeah. And the kid actor is now a felon or something, I think.
0: <laughs> Even better. Oh, God. 5% on Ron Tomatoes. It's <laughs> pretty good. This is the movie that uh, people talk about or cite as an example is the Mandela effect because apparently everybody thinks this was Sinbad.
1: Oh, I don't even know who Sinbad is. All I know, this is probably a diss to Sinbad. I'm sorry, bro. But I only know Sinbad from his one appearance on the Eric Andre show.
0: Sinbad is, um, he's the other dad in Jingle All the Way. You seen Jingle All the Way? No. You haven't seen Jingle All the Way, bro. I, uh, The Schwarzenegger the Christmas movie ah turbo man Uh, oh
1: shut up
0: yeah yes 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 he's the mailman dad yes with the hat yeah that's Sinbad that's all I know Sinbad from I think he had a show on when I was a kid but every time I turned it on I got bored so I turned it off is that That Jake Lloyd? in uh, Jingle All The Way? Uh, yeah I think so holy shit RIP Jake Lloyd well he's still living if you call that a living barely you know what child actors they get they have it rough man hey i'll shout out hey parents out there you know wait till your kid's 15 to put them into acting okay it's not going to give them that much of a boost and i promise the trauma will not be worth it
1: imagine you're a kid just acting in a movie because your parents make you and then everyone's like i fucking hate you you ruined star wars i want to i wish you weren't in here you piece of shit you fucking suck at acting fuck you
0: yeah i mean he's mm-hmm. in a bad according to the wikipedia is in a bad state multiple arrests got diagnosed with schizophrenia mm-hmm. i don't know if that's all star wars but it definitely couldn't have helped so yeah be nice to us. Uh, i'll say i'll say this um you know you can talk shit about celebrities but they do read the comments sometimes and you know especially for something like this it 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 can break a man. i they. They're still people. Like I mean, we can
1: dunk on celebrities because they do cringe shit, like that Imagine music video. But sometimes, like, don't dunk uh, on children. You see, don't dunk on see. children, and don't dunk hard on people. Like, remember, like when Britney had a meltdown, and everyone was like, "LOL, Britney <laughs> is so great, great." Like uh dude i think she's having a mental breakdown i don't think she's being dramatic uh i don't think and then like people did parody videos like okay
0: yeah you know especially after that documentary came out uh, people are really reevaluating i guess how we we treat uh especially mentally ill people and in, in the public image yeah you know they need help first and foremost you know ridicule second kind of thing I agree
1: that I was, I was rewatching that whole fucking Logan Paul in Japan saga with the suicide forest. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, wasn't he a kid actor or something too? Like, wasn't he in Disney? He probably just had a fucked life where from a very (laughs) young age, he just got everything he wanted. And then, yeah, no, no shit. He was a piece of shit and went and did, super embarrassing shit in japan for for views at that like anyone would
0: yeah you know what um from what i'm seeing growing up in hollywood or growing up in the entertainment business is absolutely poison for you yep so if you can hey if you're in a position to do it don't okay that's my <laughs> best advice for you guys uh <laughs> it's probably not gonna end well michael jackson's a prime example
1: Uh, Yep. Oh, my God. And then, again, everyone's like, he's so crazy. Wacko
0: jacko. Nah, dude. He needs help and medicine. Look, just put your kids in high school, okay? And then, (laughs) after that, they can do whatever they want. I don't know. I mean, it works out sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Then, you know, worst case scenario. Uh, Ooh. Things get heavy. Yep. Um... Any, I have the thing I want to say. I finished
1: Clone Wars, finished Next Gen. Both were great. Endings were great. Um,
0: yeah, those are my reviews. One division is done, so we got nothing to talk about this week. Uh, you learned any new I... songs on the bass? No. Well, I'm working on a couple, but it's still, it's still slow going because I'm still too new. What are you working well, on? I was ga- uh, you know, I work, I'm working on right now. I'm working on I Can't Help Myself by the Four Tops. That's just an old Motown song, that mm-hmm. was pretty fun. Uh, after that, I don't know, maybe I'll learn a couple more Floyd songs. I mean, you know what? It's, I'm at the, it's like I want to learn songs, but you know, you get to a song and then it has a technique you don't know yet. So <laughs> you gotta learn that first, and then, then you come back and then it's got another, so you learn that. So that's the process right now, but it's all a lot yeah. of fun. I would, it's always it, learning a new instrument is fun as long as you're engaging with it. If you're getting bored of it, then you know that's a sign that you got to change something up. But it's all it's all very consistently fun,
1: like that, uh, like the inner light where Picard said. I think the real surprise is I enjoy it so much.
0: Yeah. Wait. Was was that the episode where the aliens robbed him of his life and maybe his sanity? Or yes. That different... Yes, that oh, one. Okay. Yeah, that was a, that was a chill episode. And you know, you know what the thing is about that episode? Do you think Picard forgot all his Starfleet training? Or I did mean, he had to relearn it? or what do, you, do you think they just gave him a brain blast and he was okay?
1: Yeah, probably gave him like a month off. Uh, and yeah, he probably had to do do some re uh, retraining <laughs> after spending 40 years elsewhere.
0: sent into a Starfleet re-education camp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went to that went to that planet in TOS where they had the uh, showgirls made out of plants. I haven't seen that one. You have, and then Sulu tries very hard to find the women attractive.
0: Oh, that one. Oh, yes. yeah. So like, oh, wait, that planet where like everybody's dreams come true. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, classic. That 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 picture of Sulu. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> That's up there with. Uh, that Jodie Foster interview when she was 11, when the interviewer is asking her, do you have a boyfriend? And she says, no. And he says, why not? And she just smirks. And then later you find out why. What? I've never seen it, this. You, you've probably seen this. If you look it up, you'll recognize like the thumbnail at the very least. It's like when she's, I think it's a little bit after taxi driver and the interviewer is just going, haha, Like, who's your boyfriend? Ha ha.
1: Jodie nice. Foster,
0: gay silence. Yeah. <laughs> gay silence. Yeah, that's the one. And
1: Looks then, yeah, like she watching
0: came <laughs> Live reaction, let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, that smirk. She just knew. She knew. Even then. That is like the polar opposite <laughs> of the Sulu smirk. The Sulu smirk is just a smirk of just, oh, this is so awesome. (laughs) And he just can't even conceal his disgust.
1: Uh, I suppose I would like somebody who understood my business. What what an answer. I can tell she really likes men. (laughs) Comments are turned off, probably for the best.
0: Yeah, very much for the best. You know, that should just be your default all the time, really. Comments turned off? Comments turned off. Look, I won't yeah. lie. I scroll to the comments after because I want to see what people say. But rarely is that something that I don't regret doing. It's like
1: most of the comments like aren't any like they're not critiques of the video.
0: <laughs> they're just... It's just well, they just wanted to get likes, so it's just hot. Yes, you know, live from the video. Dude, I oh god, all those com- I, I scroll past. So it was like
1: it'll be a flood of comments where it'll just be like nobody him. Epic or just shit like that. Edit things for 100 mm-hmm. throw, I, I throw like a hundred likes. I like comments in there. Yeah. Just whatever the new meme is and then add something from the video. And then you get a thousand likes. I like comments on like Fantano videos where they're just like overly sarcastic <laughs> or like uh, uh, on cinema at the
0: cinema. All yeah, those yeah. comments are like, are so great. The on cinema is the best because the, the audience actively participates in the fiction that's going on. Yeah, so it's they're adding another layer. So when you yeah. read the comments on an on cinema video, it's it's even more immersive. <laughs> uh, um, Tim he, Timmy a genius. He's a genius.
1: <laughs> what was I gonna say? Um, I was watching a Max Mofo video and he was opening up this these uh the set of Pokemon cards, the set was called Southern islands. And he, he hasn't uploaded on his main channel in like a long ass time. And he had plans to do vlogs in Japan. He, well, he, he went to Japan and he filled it, filmed it. He just hasn't put out the vlogs and someone's like, you know, it's a Southern Island of sorts, uh, Japan. You should, you should check that out and maybe upload some videos about your trip there. And just like comments like that, I, I think are, are funny.
0: Yeah. You know, either make a little joke, or that's kind of funny well you know I guess it's just really are you funny or are you not you know yeah. we'll have an, we'll have our own we'll have a cop special on uh, internet discourse and discussion and we'll really talk about you know the deficiencies and stuff like that It's gonna be at least a three and a half hour special so make sure you get your popcorn for that one um
1: yeah do you have anything you wanna
0: you want to say No that's about it for today for me, I think. I'll let you know next week if I had something I wanted to say today. Okay. Uh, next week is...
1: I've already forgotten. The, the Hunger. Hunger.
0: This is such a, a week good after sign that. when we can't even remember the movie five minutes after picking it. It's so sick of Well, it's randomly generated. Okay. Willem Dafoe's in it. This is the last time we're doing this. You, you get one more shot after this, and then we're picking movies with our hands. Willem Dafoe is in this says, second phone booth youth. Holy shit. Nice. Here's Ryuk. Aren't you watching Death Note? Yeah, I'm watching Death Note. That show's pretty good. It's funny. You know what? You know what I like about Death Note is that um, it's just it's like the purest distillation of like detective stuff where it's just well, I'm doing this and then it's like well, I did this. Let me explain how I outwitted you in the scenario. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's just elaborate planning and layers and yep. things you missed. It's pretty good in that regard. You know, like some of the some of the dialogue is cheesy, but that's like translation stuff. I I don't I have yet to see an anime, I think, where even like in the really good ones where there isn't like some some translation hitches in terms of smoothness of dialogue and stuff. It's just inherent. I guess we just talk in different ways. So there's no knock on it really, but it's pretty good. Are you doing dub? No, 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 we're not doing dub, but like, even with subtitles, it's like some of the language comes off a little awkward.
1: Yeah. It's just because like, you know, this as like someone who's bilingual, like if you literally translated French stuff to English, it's just horrendous.
0: Yeah, and in that regard, I almost wish that, and like for for foreign films, usually it's done pretty well. Like an example is Parasite. Like, yeah, one, there's there's once again like stuff that comes off a little strange, but it, it works for the most part. It's really up to the translator to determine this. But I feel like it would help if they took a little bit more artistic license with it. Like, as long as I get the general gist of what they're saying, if you wanna you know rewrite a, the dialogue a little, it doesn't bother me too much. I mean. As long as it's serving the narrative and it's not, you know, straying too far from the source material, then, I don't know, it wouldn't bother me too much to reword things in that sense, but...
1: They definitely do, and the better, the better the, the translators, are, more artistic, um, um, the, the, the more they'll, like, change stuff, the more because artistic, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Uh whatever they'll, they'll be more creative with it uh, because and then if they're not then you get the opposite of that where you have like all your base are belong to
0: us and shit like that. <laughs> yeah exactly you know like like faithfulness to the original dialogue dialogue's not that important if it's in a you know in a language in which you know norms of conversation and grammar and syntax is all different like you know it's not gonna mean much to me
1: the The problem is, is that like they have, if especially for dubbing, like when you're dubbing a Japanese like anime, their mouth is moving in a way that it's supposed to link up with the Japanese words, and then when you're doing it English, you have to then say the thing in a, the amount of time they've let you in the Japanese version, yeah, and then also make it line up like it's over nine thousand is not a direct translation from the original. Because they had to change it um, so it would line up with the words. Or with the mouth movements. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
0: And you know what? This wouldn't even be that much of a problem if dubs weren't so so bad. There's shit, usually. I take a potato chip <laughs> and I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> the next stage of my master plan has come into fruition with this chip. <laughs> like, you know, that's th- that's why people don't do dubs uh what what where are you in death note uh i think i'm like six seven episodes in i'm just at the point where the police force everybody's quit because they're like wow uh this really isn't worth my life (laughs) because l is at l is at the point you know this and i was i was saying this to a fan of the show who i'm watching this with um and i was saying you know the show is 37 episodes and six episodes episodes in he's already full evil yes because he just he just killing innocent people because they're just investigating him so i mean i i can't wait to see how low he goes here yeah but yeah that's where i'm at this show so they're just sorry so, go ahead i was just gonna say they so they just like they went to lights apart or Alice apartment sorry they went to Alice apartment with like the five of them who didn't quit and now he's a kid now we can now that we've thinned the herd and this was also part of my master plan was everybody quitting because i knew i couldn't trust everybody uh now we can begin the real investigation and that's where i left off. Mm-hmm. this
1: show for my opinion and quite a few other fans opinions it has like an end and then they do and then they kind of keep going it's like um in naruto kind of how like the Akatsuki was like the big thing and then Naruto defeats the Akatsuki and then they're like actually there's more um so the show kind of has that so you'll 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 see
0: I see so it goes on too long is what you're saying
1: I, some people would say that
0: okay well you know what it is what it is I mean 37 episodes I wouldn't want them to stretch this one like mystery thing over that long because probably would get a little old yeah like this this one conflict yeah I, I I kind of figure what you're saying I'll I'll keep my expectations in check all right um that's the episode that's this week's episode next week we're getting hungry with mr. Bowie um, stay tuned next week we'll also be uh, listing off uh, all the reasons why you shouldn't listen to David Bowie. Uh, and he's cancelled. He's cancelled. He
1: did, well, allegedly, he had some
0: relations. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. He had some relations. Yeah. You know, you can look at, you guys can look into yourselves. yourselves. Uh, we'll also be reviewing uh, at least three or four of his albums on the show, so it's going to be a good episode. Did he predict Kanye West? He put on an album called Black
1: he Star. Did. And Kanye West is a black star. <laughs>
0: Coincidence? I don't think so, pal. He was on K-West?
1: <gasps>
0: yeah. He's, That's... Uh, you know what? That's canceled. crazy. <laughs> he's cancelled? Yeah, he's cancelled. Yeah.
1: And, um... Kanye's cancelled, too.
0: Yeah, Kanye's cancelled, too. If You know, fuck Kanye.
1: All I, all I care about... The only good thing Kanye's done is when Kim said, Kanye, what was the thing you wanted to tell me all your life? And he goes, bah!
0: he goes, ah! that's classic.
1: Kanye. And that picture of him uh, just staring hold- at the screen, like a 70 year old woman.
0: <laughs> you know what I'll say about Kanye? Uh, he probably like the most captivating personality that we have in music right now. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of guy. That's the kind of guy that like, I wish we had more of because you know what music is good as music, of course, but you know, we, we're really especially now that we don't have like all these, these more like we don't really have bands like that where they have the front man that's going, yeah. like a Jimi Hendrix, and you know, they do, yeah, and they're doing crazy things and they're saying stupid things, and the media is getting mad at them, and and they can't stop talking about them. We don't have as many of those anymore, so Kanye really scratches that itch. I hope he's feeling okay though, because he's got problems, I know for sure. He has problems, well, and not the kind of problem. Not the kind of problems that you can just, you know, brush under the rug with like a heroin addiction or whatever they used to do. But he's got real problems.
1: I remember, like Tyler, like uh, the OF squad was uh, was like that where they were ordering junior chickens and whatnot,
0: and it was upsetting people. <laughs> These, pull up your damn pants! You black gangsters running around! I, I can't believe this is what the kids are listening to. I can't. <sighs> honestly i don't blame I, you know what if you're a parent and you said to your kids i can't believe you're listening to of i don't really blame you honestly you should probably take those tapes away from them or their st- walkmans or their their records it's all garbage in the trash and crap it's crap it's
1: crap wonder if uh wonder if gorillas has sampled any music off of phenomenon
0: take a look I think I think there preoccupation is with what good horror movies <laughs> So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this one will be will be in there. But I, I wouldn't be too surprised. Maybe Al Albarn is just a fan of Goblin. I, I it's so funny
1: that this is favorite movie. That's like when Stephen King was like, Cemetery is the scariest book I've ever written.
0: Like every time a director is like what's your favorite movie? It's n- it's never their most acclaimed pick. It's never the most popular pick. It's always just like one of those movies that they made. Uh you know, you know, power to them. I guess, you know, maybe it was personal to them. I can't imagine what he sees in this film that he doesn't see in his other apparently good ones, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, pet I'm trying pet to think other directors. sucks. I'm trying Uh which one? The, the book The book, the movies the... <laughs> just all crap. All, all crap. Sorry, worry. I interrupted you. What about you. the? What were you gonna say? I'm trying to think of other. I can't think off the top of my head like directors who have like weird picks for their own favorite movies. I was thinking Quentin Tarantino, but he just has weird picks for his favorite movies. Period. <laughs> where he said like he said like Unbreakable was one of the best films of the century so <laughs> far, which is uh, it I was mean, good. You know, like, yeah. I, it was good. But that's the thing. It's like that was good, but like. Was that really a revelation to you? And you'd think that they would have, like, such... And I know that Tarantino, is he's, he's not well-read. He's whatever the... Well-viewed cinema-wise. So you've seen a, a, tons of films, for sure. So it's weird that, you know, Unbreakable is what stood out to him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Filmmakers and, and artists are weird in that way. But it's interesting whenever you get their perspective. Because, I don't know, maybe it gives a little, into, into, a little insight into what they make or what they think. Yeah.
1: Like, No Country for Old Men is probably
0: one of the best movies of the 2000s, in my opinion. Yeah, and, yeah, it's great. It's, you know what, it's one of those movies where, I think, I, when I saw that movie, I didn't see it after it came out. I saw it, like, uh, maybe, like, five years ago. But that, for me, is one of those movies where hey, this is really going to endure. And I truly believe that. Like, this is something 20, 30 years from now people will watch it. So, yeah, this is great. And this is one of the great films of the 2000s or the 21st century. And it's not often you you think that when you watch a movie that it kind of just gets instant classic status. But when a movie just as well-crafted as that, like, I don't see how people kind of like that unless it ages in some way that I don't have the foresight to predict.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the, No Country or, or Paris, because I talk about it all the time, or, like, Hereditary, I think that'll be a movie that a lot of movies like horror movies are going to be taking more and more inspiration from.
0: Exactly, yeah. Alright, let's end it. Let's end the show. See you guys next week. Uh, it'll be a good episode. It always is. Don't forget to, uh, well, we actually already have a plug so I'm not going to double plug. <laughs> uh, you know what, I'll double plug. Double plug. Okay. Double plug, but here's what I'm going to say. Don't you know go stream us as I'll say in a few seconds but go tell your friends talk to your friends about us <laughs> say hey here's what you do you know you do a real casual like you say hey what's your favorite episode of cop <laughs> and you say what's cop and he, they go you never heard of cop before that's so casual and they go no and they go and then you do you know you give a little a little smirk you know a little chuckle at their naivete and you go you know here's a link alright 10 episodes get back to me <laughs> and then boom they're hooked that's a new viewer boom before you know it at parties you're going to be having like a ring of 10 people <laughs> they're all going to be talking about their favorite cop episodes and then you know what maybe for lucky luke and i will drop in. <laughs> we'll take some shots with you guys and it'll be the, the you'll never forget it yeah uh, so that's that's my message to you today preach the word the good word <laughs>
1: Uh, speaking of the good word last thing, I saw the witch or the bitch and it was really good.
0: Well, you should have talked about that more.
1: It was very, very good. Um I for some reason I saw it I saw the w the, the witch as a combo pack with hereditary and um Midsummer and I thought it was an Ari Aster movie but it's not it's by um the guy who did The Lighthouse which is uh Robert Eagers, and The Lighthouse was also really good it seems like he he just wants to pick these weird unconventional time periods to set his horror movies in which is really cool
0: I like the A24 style of horror filmmaking that they're doing. Um, I know I've seen some criticism of it, which is to say that maybe not pretentious, but that it just emphasizes, um, I guess, more art atmosphere and mood. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? I would agree. They're good movies. I think people say that it it emphasizes atmosphere and mood to like a detrimental extent where I think some people find those films boring but they're all good to me and I, you know what if it's a, mo- a a kind of new style of horror filmmaking that takes ruin we get more like good movies like <coughs> the from it oops uh, then uh, power to it I mean we're not getting good we're not getting good horror cinema right now let's be honest nope. in theaters like it's not happening
1: well the thing I like so about it, that let
0: sort it of... come let it come Let's let it come. Let try. it come and let it flourish and if it if it gets oversaturated or if we get tired of it, let it happen and then it'll fizzle out like any other trend. But we'll get some good out of it, I know.
1: The A twenty four style to me, I kinda when I was watching the The Witch I kind of realized that um I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be The Witch. I'm gonna call it The Witch. When I was watching The Witch, um it kinda seemed like the Neo Slasher movie. Where you have that final, you have the last girl, you have, you have like the family unit that gets like picked off, they're usually secluded. You have the final scare, but in this movie, it's always like in old slasher movies, the good guys win, they kill the monster, whatever. And then in these movies now, it's the good guy becomes a bad guy at the end, and it leaves you with that final unsettling feeling. It's kind of like that evolution where you have, like, the monster movies, like the Universal or the Hammer monster movies. Then you have, like, the blockbuster monster movies, like your Jason Voorhees, your Freddy Krueger, your Mikael Myers. And then you have this new style, which is what it just, what it just described. Um, it just seems like that, that evolutionary step in for
0: mainstream horror i like it like yeah and you know what there's like it it has those conventions i guess right with the family stuff but i guess those are like kind of horror staples and they're always conducive to just horror plots and and that kind of idea but i i like that you know they kind of do you're right they kind of do that thing where things don't have to end well not that older horror movies always have like a happy ending they don't always mm-hmm. do but in this, in the newer movies, and I like with Ari Aster movies at least that like the horror plots they have logical cl- like conclusions in the sense that you know things that sh- they don't just go away at the end or they don't just find a quick solution. Everything kind of just you know everything sort of just falls victim to the horror, and then you kind of revel in it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Just like... Like everyone just gets possessed by demons, and then, and then Satan comes back or something. <laughs> like that's what happens in Hereditary, basically. And yeah, and, I'm, and then at the end of the movie, I'm like, yeah, that's what would happen, and that was satisfying, and it was good. Yeah, like if Satan was real, Shout you're not take, you're not killing up. Satan at the end. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can have like an exorcist moment or something where you get rid of him, but. And especially in Hereditary is done well because they don't know what's going on the whole time, and then as an audience you don't know what's going on, and then it all makes sense at the end. That's a great movie.
1: Yeah, Hereditary is great. I like Midsummer, even though Midsummer has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: I think that might be a typo.
1: Oh, with five reviews, what?
0: Maybe that's a different Midsummer. Oh, the director's cut. Okay. Okay. The one I'm seeing has. Uh... 83 yeah it was good it was just too it it was too long um it wasn't as tight as hereditary was uh it rehashed a lot of the same ideas to the point where i think while watching the movie i kind of knew where it was gonna go
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and but it's it it looks good it's it's got great ideas i would just i i'm like i'm kind of done with midsummer i saw it twice and then that's enough for me. I'll come back to Hereditary though periodically. It handles
1: drugs in an actual realistic way.
0: It does, yeah. It's very authentic. The effects in that regard are all good.
1: Um, yeah. It just needed to be a bit more different from Hereditary, but it, like, oh god, it looks it looks so good. There's something I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Let's end the show. Talk to your friends. Thanks, talk to your mom about COP. Talk to your grandma. She'll love the show. And um, talk to yourself about it repeatedly. Let us live in your minds rent free because we have nowhere else to live that's rent free. Um, because that's not how the world works. So let us live in your mind. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: is the gift to be simple, to the gift to be free.